Just okay, don't, cool. Don't say the name three times fast and look in a mirror. Is that Beetlejuice? Or no, that's uh, Bloody Mary. Will appear. It's Jane Toppin. Candy Man. Did I tell you that story, by the way? Did I ever tell you guys this? About what? So you know that whole legend, right? Bloody Mary will Bloody appear. Mary. Is that what you're talking about? Oh, you mean the urban legend that was uh, given birth to in Ogden, Utah? Don't know where it's given birth to, but I know it's an urban legend. Really? Ogden? Yep. Okay, there you go. Well, here's some background to that. My mom, my mom's mom, swore up and down that we were relations to Queen Anne Boleyn. Queen Anne Boleyn was the one that was the original Bloody Mary because she's the one that got her head chopped off. And by King Henry, right? Like her husband, she did something. Henry the Right, exactly. Well, um, he wanted a divorce, and the church wouldn't let him get a divorce, so he had so he killed her. I mean, yeah. nat- naturally, as you do, as you do, as you do. <laughs> <laughs> so I tried that in the bathroom, my friends, and I fucking swear to God, I saw something. I'm like, you know what? I'm not even watching this. I'm out of here, and I was <laughs> done. I didn't even want to see it. Yeah, that, I had nothing, nothing new with it. That little thing freaked me out when I was a kid, but yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, we all know these urban myths. So, urban legends. Story in the news today. You believe in ghosts and the paranormal? Now, are they are they UFOs or are they like some crazy experimental, you know, governmental? I don't know. Planes that they're and police in Española are catching more than just criminals. They're catching images of what they believe are ghosts. There's this weird animal-like creature that was shot, wolf-like creature that just stood out in some odd ways. Welcome to Strange Uncles. I'm Shane. I'm John. I'm Batman. <laughs> you sound like that dad bad band that would did you ever see that YouTube video? Wait, which one? It's like a dad bat band that's driving his kids to work. <laughs> no, you know, I or seen that one. You have to brush your teeth, Batman says so. And he's dressed up like Batman. The guy has balls. I dude. love the I love the college humor one. I, or I think it's college humor. Is that the one where he's just like, like the dumb Batman? He's just like looks so stupid <laughs> and he's just just an idiot and an asshole. Batman's just fucking everything up. <laughs> Batman and fucking. I just general. remember the one that was like a spoof on Dark Knight Rising, where he was like, "And I totally had sex with her." He's like, "That's, that's exactly what I'm talking one? about." That's okay. exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. He's just like kind of a douche. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, the more I think about it, the more I think Batman would have definitely just been a frat bro dipshit. <laughs> Let's all hope that's the case. So anyway, we <laughs> he was always my favorite, I think. I love you know what I love about Batman? He wasn't like a superhero. He didn't have superpowers. He, he was just a pissed he off. He had a superpower. It's called fucking money, Shane. Spite. How's that sound? Vengeance. That's what he had. He had that's money. what drove him. He had yeah. he was a fucking billionaire. Well that's Bruce Wayne. You're gonna separate the two, man. Uh so. no. And maybe uh <laughs> Not popular opinion, but I think Michael Keaton was the best Batman. No, I so. second that. No, yeah. Christian Bale was okay, but Michael Keaton? Christian Bale's good. Christian yeah. Bale minus, good. minus the voice. Uh, yeah, that was weird. The, Fight me, America. How did it get <laughs> How did it get progressively worse every movie? I, don't know. I know. By the time the third one rolled around, it's it was like way like, down here. I, <laughs> surrounded by yes men. That's the problem. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly well, it. I, yeah, method acting probably. I don't know. How did we get? Into the well, welcome to the Batman. superhero podcast called yeah. Strange Uncles. 
<laughs> so sorry, guys. We're a little sidetracked. Um, anyway, so yeah, we got hit with snow number one, so we're a little giddy because um, yeah, shit hit the fan. I, I think traffic just came to a fucking halt. It was in nice. Utah. I, I didn't leave my house at all yesterday. I drank a pot of coffee. And I typed up a bunch for today. Did you put a blanket on your legs and just sat around like an old missy? It was nice. It yeah. was nice. It's all nice. Um, yeah, just bundled up and used my new gas stove. <laughs> I heard. Yeah. I saw, actually. That's pretty impressive, man. I had to go to work. <laughs> and it fucking yeah. sucked. Join the club, dude. Loser. I had to yell at contractors. I was like, hey, when's a plow coming out? Because uh, shit's happening here, so we might want to clean this parking lot out a little bit. Um, any hook. Just buy, just buy a side-by-side -side with a snow plow and put it, park it in the parking garage, and then it's there when you need it. For a 5,000-spot parking lot? Mm, that sounds kind of fun. Big. I'd be like, yeah. if you guys need me, I'll be plowing the parking lot. Yeah, line. dude. That's, I'm that's out here they, all day long. <laughs> that's what they do at my, at my work. They're just like, yeah, we've got all these toys. Yeah, I'm building Lucky my toys. It's a new, new thing, so I'm trying to build them up. But anywho... Um, hopefully you guys enjoy our last, uh, episode. We kind of wrapped up the conspiracy thing, right? I think. Yeah. I think we can, uh, put a button on that for the time being. I think so. I'm fried personally. I mean, I hate the government, but I'm kind of feeling sorry for the whole thing now. So I'm like, oh, okay. We talked about harp, talked about DARPA. I think we're done. Yeah. We can get into being weird again. Yeah. I think so for the most part. Um, so we are going to talk on this one and, and this should actually, this can come out right after Thanksgiving. So a quick note for everybody, have a good Turkey day or stolen Indian land day, whatever yeah, you want to call just, it. Just have a happy holidays with your loved ones. That's basically what it's there for. Therefore, you yeah. know, the history's happy indigenous people day, happy indigenous people day. Yeah. Are they though? And just enjoy your loved ones. I think, and just be stuffed and watch football. Sure. You know, that's what we're supposed to do. If that's so. your sort of thing. Anyway, well, good luck in Phoenix, by the way, John, because you. you're flying out. I will. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what I'm doing either. <laughs> I know I'm just going to sit and stare at the dogs and cook a turkey breast because I'm by myself. My wife uh, took off to Washington State because I had work. So here I am. But um, And there's the dogs. And there's the dogs. So we should you know, go ahead and come this soon after. Um, we were kind of shooting the shit a little bit. We got together. We talked about three or four different subjects out. One of them, which we're kind of excited about, is a Bridgewater Triangle. Yeah. And actually, a listener told me, suggested that we cover this, and I forgot to tell you guys that, actually. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah. was it? But it just happened as, it just so happened that we, you guys brought it up as well. I'm like, yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah, um, yeah this is, a, I think it's a really interesting subject. I think it's something, um, like, I don't, Shane, I don't know if you knew a whole lot about it uh, going into it, but, like, I, I learned a lot researching it. Yeah, I mean, I heard about it, but honestly, like, when you recommend that doc, I was, like, I saw that doc briefly uh, two or three different years ago. I think it came out, it came out, like, 2013 or something. I saw it. I just didn't put two and two together for yeah. whatever reason. Um, but it is interesting. You know, everybody's heard about the Bermuda Triangle and um, the Devil's Triangle, which is outside of uh, Japan, just off the coast. That's actually like the Pacific version of what the Bermuda Triangle is in the Atlantic. Um, this one actually is kind of an inland thing. There's no ocean about it. And we're going to get into the discussions, but I think There's the a triangle lot of water portion. Involved. I mean, if you want to tie mean, it to that, a yeah. swamp. Yeah. It, I think it's only 30 miles from the ocean. Yeah. It, well, it is close. Yeah. yeah. 
Exactly. It's, it's not far. It's yeah, it's not far at all. I mean, it's in southeastern Massachusetts, so I mean, that's right where the ocean is. Right. But it's on land for the most part. Two hundred square miles, roughly. Yeah. Should we? Should we just get in? Dive into? I think so. We yeah. actually have a quick clip that we're going to kind of explain kind of what we're going to talk about, but it wraps it all up in a nice little bundle. So if you guys are okay with that, let's go ahead and roll that. Yeah. Okay. The beautiful bean footage. Yes. <laughs> in 1975, I moved from California to Cambridge, Massachusetts. And I started picking up on this whole notion that there was an area in southeast Massachusetts that almost was a magnet of weird phenomena and really noticed it was a triangle. Whatever it is, we keep talking about this region for some reason. I certainly think that the Hockamock Swamp serves as the epicenter of activity in the Bridgewater Triangle. Off in the distance was an extremely large, man-like creature. I saw something that I'll never forget for the rest of my life. I saw what appeared to be the Sasquatch creature that I heard about. Suddenly, I saw something walk. It was about three or four feet tall. It wanted to get me in its space. This is what I felt like. A lot of people seem to think that because of King Philip's War, the Native Americans placed a curse on the Bridgewater Triangle region. One of the greatest paranormal experiences occurred at Anamon Rock. As I turned around, I met the eyes of an older man. The 1970s in particular were a time of very high UFO activity in the Bridgewater Triangle. Jerry Lopes and I were heading down to the Raynham Dog Track, and all of a sudden the stars blotted out in the shape of an arrow as this thing passed overhead. I almost felt like I could throw a rock at the thing. It seemed that close. To so that's a hodgepodge. Yeah, so um, the Bridgewater Triangle is a 200-square-mile region in southeastern Massachusetts with a long history dating back all the way to the late 1600s of strange, paranormal, and sometimes sinister activities. The triangle is made up of the towns Abington to the north, Freetown to the east, and Rehoboth to the west, with the towns of Norton, Bridgewater, West Bridgewater, Middleborough, Dighton, Berkeley, Rainham, Easton, Lakeville, and Taunton inside the triangle. Many would argue, though, that the triangle does not necessarily have strict borderlines and that many strange phenomenons happening in the area like to dance over the so-called border of the triangle into other areas of New England. Yeah, I feel like it's more of a window area than a triangle. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. I think the triangle, we talked about this a little bit earlier too. You know, is a triangle portion just because maybe a brief off Bermuda or a yeah. name to put on or, you know. I, I think well, it's pretty common to like call areas like this triangles. Like and boundaries try and like of sort. Yeah. And trim that out, you know. I think even the guy that named it the Bridgewater Triangle, Lauren Coleman. Yeah. Who, who is what we heard on the clip, yeah, actually. He was who, the first who wrote that book. He's the one that coined the term Bridgewater Triangle. And I think he even said that he kind of got the idea from the Bermuda Triangle. And right. once he kind of saw a bunch of activity happening and, you know, it doesn't fit in Mapped a neat little box. Yeah, sure. AKA Triangle. But, um, sure. Well, and just so you guys know, too, some of the references were taken off of. Um, there's a few documentaries. Um, his book, actually, again, that's Lauren Coleman, wrote it in 83. Uh, it's a book called Mysterious America. Um, that's kind of what broke it open amongst everything. And he, I got to say, he did some pretty good research. Uh, I pulled up excerpts of that book, and he went into the history of it, really, which uh, I think we can start there and kind of work our way forward in time a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I have a little, like blurb I want to throw out there. Sure. Um, 
So Chris Pittman uh, is one of the voices you heard on that clip. Uh, he's a paranormal researcher who's been focusing on the triangle and specifically the Hockamock Swamp for over a decade. Um, he said throughout the world, there are areas that have vortexes or windows in which the laws of gravity seem to not operate in ways understood in the natural world. And while not all of these places are rife with paranormal or rife with the paranormal, I am fairly confident that in almost any place where you find the paranormal humming, there's also a vortex where gravity and energy aren't behaving normally. And I thought that was like a pretty interesting way to put it. I think that's actually a cool way to put it because right in our backyard, Skinwalker is a good example. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, you know, this is just something that I'm, I'm a little bit familiar with, but this just isn't that close to us. I mean, but, I'm yeah. not sure how much it's actually tied to gravity, but then again, I think we don't understand gravity as well as we yeah, think no, we do. No, so. Yeah, agreed. We don't even know what gravity actually is. Yeah. Technically. Other than what, Go it, figure. what it does. That apple didn't fall in your head like it did Newton? No? <laughs> no. Uh, gravity. Um, yeah, <laughs> there are a lot of people that blame some of the paranormal activity going on in the Bridgewater Triangle on the dark history of the first, first English colonies and the war that befell upon the area in 1675. That war is known as King's Phil King Philip's War or the Great Narragansett War. King Philip, also known as Metacom, was chief to the Wampanoag people. He was the son of Massasoit, who had greeted some of the first English colonists of New England at Plymouth. Initially, it was King Philip's goal to live in peace with the colonists, but as the colonists began to expand, they began to encroach on the king's territory. Finally, in 1671, the colonial leaders of Plymouth Colony forced King Philip to give up his armament and ammunition and succumb to English law. The main cause of the war was the Plymouth Colony's execution of three of Philip's warriors. They were accused and subsequently found guilty of murdering a Harvard-educated Native American who converted to Puritanism by the name of John Sassamon. Sassamon had served as an interpreter and advisor to King Philip, although Philip started to suspect that Sassamon was spying for the colonists. His murder was the straw that broke the camel's back, but uh, there had been tensions that had been super high for the yeah. last 55 oh, yeah. years. Oh, the fuck colonists yeah, it's been are colonizers, and they're fucking, you give them an inch, they take a mile. Yeah. Like, Metacomet was a badass, and he was trying to live in peace with these people, and they just mm. kept I mean, pushing he, and fucking yeah. pushing. Yeah, I mean, he even take took the name Philip. Yeah. Right, exactly. To, That's what got me. You know, because he, he wanted to be cool. He's like, all right. Yeah. yeah, you guys have a hard time saying Metacomet for some reason, even though it's a pretty easy word to pronounce and super badass, but okay. Yeah, but Phil, yeah, you can call me Phil. Mm -hmm. <laughs> hey, that's Bob. easier for you your doing, fucking unnuanced tongues. Well, that's what we swine. do though. That's what we do. We, I'm sorry. I it just, you know, this is where I think we went wrong in history. Hugely wrong. This is a great example of that. Yeah. Uh, and obviously the tensions mainly arose, uh, from disputes over land claims Incl obviously, including disputes over the grazing of colonial livestock on hunting and fishing ground, interracial insensitivities, and English cultural encroachment on Native America. Um, what followed was one of the bloodiest conflicts per capita in U.S. history. Mm -hmm. When the war finally ended in 1676, it claimed 500 English deaths and an astounding 3,000 Native American deaths. Jesus Christ. Many of the Native Americans who survived the war were sold into slave slavery or became indentured servants. King Philip and some of his followers took refuge in the Ossawamset Swamp in southern Massachusetts. 
Uh, he was hunted by a band of rangers led by Captain Benjamin Church. King Philip was eventually shot and killed by a praying Indian named John Alderman on August 12th, 1676. And I'm assuming praying Indian just means he's converted to some yeah. form of Christianity. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. And actually, we're going to cover a little bit in the in, in the past of this, too. Um, some of where his last warriors or people that they killed the natives uh, by rocks, whatever have you, that's when that seems to be like where there's big occurrences that happened, where that surrender occurred. Yeah. Which, you know, I find kind of mm, put two and two together. So, so yeah. Um, that's history. That Yay. is that is history. John Alderman, uh, Phillips' head was put on a spike and mounted Jesus at the entrance Christ. to Plymouth, Massachusetts. Yeah, he was drawn and quartered, too. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, yeah. And his head remained on that spike for more than two decades. Yeah, yeah. just to just hang out. Sat there. Just for, yeah, that's, that's really English. respectful, isn't it? Yes. And, hey, um, aren't we celebrating Thanksgiving here shortly? Yeah. Uh, when, <laughs> when, Isn't that ironic? When we were uh, looking into this and everything, I'd... I was writing that up. I kind of realized, oh, that's perfect timing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. Oh. Yeah. So they basically took a guy that was willing to work with all the colonists. And then he, you know, enough was enough for him. And he finally said no. And he did not win that war. No, he did not. Um, Uh, It was rumored that when he was being killed or even just before he was killed i guess the legend has it that he cursed the uh hockamock swamp and like just the whole area to like so that that way like even even after he was dead they wouldn't prosper yeah well and and, yeah yeah no shit fucking dude if i had my way that's exactly what i would do so for some background you know we're not trying to say that that's why this place is so weird but it sure is a coincidence that you know, it's one of the biggest massacres ever mm-hmm. and everything. I mean, that's just awful how it happened. There's a lot of bloodshed weird. that happened. A lot of bloodshed. Right um, around there. One of right. the one of the weird YouTube docs, or it might have been in the one that uh, we all watched, mm-hmm. um, one of the people was saying, like, was this war the cause of all of the weird darkness and paranormal activity or was or did it add a to symptom it? of right. of it? And mm-hmm. I think that's kind of an interesting question. It is, but, but you go back prior to that. I mean, maybe there's just something that maybe that area and that well, caused everything. I mean, I, if it's a geological thing. Sure. Or like a window area, I assume is probably always a window area. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know? yeah. Well, to give you guys some reference too. So um, again, you know, this is a triangle. However, most of the occurrences happen in uh, Hockamock Swamp. Which we talked about. It's a big one. It's a huge one. Seventeen thousand acres of fucking huge, by the way. So one of the biggest swamps in America. Um, it's funny because the natives, which you were discussing earlier, John, they define it as a place where spirits dwell. Yeah, I believe it's the uh, Iroquois word for it. I think so. Yeah. Or is it the, there? There was two tribes in that area, right? Yeah. Well, there I didn't were get a down bunch of that tribes. Side. It. Yeah. Anyway, just so we yeah, anyway. So most of the stuff that occurred. So there's some history, there's some background there. And you brought up a good point, Josh, about just maybe this place just dwells in evil. I don't know. You know, that that could be just because of geological. There's other places around the world that we're gonna talk about a little bit, other triangles or other areas, um, that it just seems things happen for no apparent reason. Um, let's get into some more recent stuff and 
you know, you heard on the intro when we played it earlier, this isn't just about, you know, you're going to see one thing or people disappear, this and that. I mean, this is a hodgepodge of UFOs, spirit lights, Bigfoot, um, vanishings. Uh, it cryptids. goes into serial cryptids, goes into serial killers, you know, towards the end of the day. Like there's a little bit of everything in this area, whether you want to call it a triangle or not. It's still the area and there's yeah, a lot of stuff when, happening. When you we were planning this out, you were like, I don't know, do we need to talk about like other triangles? Cause I don't know if there's gonna be right. enough. And I was like, dude, it's like a paranormal smorgasbord. <laughs> yeah, like, there, there's way yeah. too much to even fit. Yeah, in a we're gonna we're gonna episode. just be scratching the surface. Yeah, no, it yeah, exactly. It's crazy. Um, who wants to start? I guess at this point we can just go with like stories and encounters and just kind of ring them off. Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Who wants to who wants to go? Well, uh I'll go with like one of the earliest recording UFO sightings. Uh it was in, on Halloween night, nineteen oh eight. Two undertakers uh were riding around in a carriage. I'm assuming they were probably coming back from a funeral or something. Um and uh they saw a burning orb in the early morning. Uh they said it resembled a lantern illuminating a round object like a balloon. Um and that one's pretty interesting. I'm sh- guessing you guys have more color on that. There's actually a UFO sighting that goes back even further. In 1908? Mm. The 1908, uh-huh. yeah. Does it go back to the 1700s? It does actually Fuck go yeah. back to the 1700s. <laughs> you fuckers. Um, this one occurred on May 10th, 1760. At 10 o'clock in the morning, In it appeared as a sphere of fire was observed over New England. According to historical records, the UFO admitted light bright enough to cast a shadow in bright sunlight. Uh, this particular sighting was spotted in Bridgewater as well as in Roxbury. Yeah, and that's like 25 and that, that's, miles away, right? Yeah, that's a supposedly the first recorded sighting in that area in yeah. 1760. So, I mean, this is going back You know, and when you years. think about that, too, like UFOs in general, like if you take that out, I mean, obviously we've all heard of Roswell, all these other ones. Um, the earliest one that I can remember past what you just mentioned was in Texas – uh, that was 1880 um, something that was supposed to be a crash yeah. landed. Uh, and, and there's a, there's a grave there, whatever have you. That's 1700s. I mean, you can go back further and like pictures and scriptures, but they can't, they're not saying they're a documented UFO. So this is, yeah, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. There's, uh, uh just keeping with the Hockamock swamp, there's another story. Um, so this is just a cryptid Disneyland. And you already mentioned Thunderbirds and there's enormous snakes and giant dogs with red eyes. Uh, there was this massive dog that ripped out the throat of two ponies there, just ripped the hell out of these two ponies throats. And mm. there was a hunt. Were they short ponies? Uh, you know, I'm no, they sure. were saying that the dog was unnaturally big. Like that's the exactly. Size of the pony. Well, and yeah. that's something that, again, reference in Skinwalker, where mm-hmm. it's like twice, three times the size. Yeah. Well, when be. We, and when we talk about Native Americans and the history of it, skinwalker. Who, who knows if it wasn't a skinwalker? Well, and also, mm-hmm. like, uh, mm-hmm. the English have like black shuck, like these giant dogs with black dogs with glowing red eyes that right. get up to all sorts of no good too. So it's also possible they brought that with them. 
Well, and not only that, so we mentioned dogs. Let's mention uh, gigantic raptors. So uh, 1971, an officer, Downey, saw a huge bird spotted at a place named, this is ironic, Bird Hill. I don't know. I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> um, other things, a giant snake the size of stovepipes. And for those of you who used to remember what a stove was, stovepipe is like eight inches. Pretty good size. It's pretty big. And that's yeah. that. there's no snake native to that area that is that large. That was the other thing, too. That they have yeah. nothing that would be in this swamp that's that would be that big. They don't have anaconda there? I, yeah, I don't. I don't oh, my God. That was a fucking native. worst movie ever, dude. John Voight. Ugh. I liked I it. I saw it in theaters. I thought it was cool. But I was also Did like, you like it when he got spit back up and he winked? That was weird. I didn't notice that. I noticed that. That was weird. It's probably been 25 years since I saw it, but. Oh, well. Uh, 93. So here's another one. Uh, we're talking about giant cryptids, giant animals. A giant tan cat was seen in Easton and Mansfield, uh, which is in that area, too. In 93, the corpse of a giant headless cat was found in Mansfield, probably the same one. But again, headless, and it was just huge. And they couldn't explain where it came from, um, what was happening. Well, the the headless body that they found was like a, a type of, I can't remember the name of it right now, but it's like a... They tried to name a species to it, didn't they? Um, well, it, it's like a type of African uh, large cat that uh, is kind of like a small cheetah. Like is what it looks like. I can't remember the name of the breed. Okay, but. so even if it's not just a giant house cat, no, the, the the cat shouldn't be there. The body that they found is definitely. I don't think there's anything paranormal about the body they found. I think someone had a, maybe a pet. Yeah, could be. Yeah, um, but like the the uh, alien big cat phenomenon is like a huge thing actually in England, like where people see basically giant. Uh, Black Panthers that seem to disappear and stuff. So it's that's pretty wild. I think it's mm-hmm. interesting that uh, that, all, well, that, that also that comes happened. into it. You know, yeah, that also happens in the Hockamock Swamp. There's lots of sightings of Black Panthers and cats and all. Yeah, all sorts. There's also uh, stories of people that see fires. I was going to say thank they'll you. be they'll be oh, canoeing yeah. and they'll see this fire over there and they'll go up to it and then. It, it won't be there. There'll be no smoke. There'll be no smell. And there's no fire all of a sudden. And then all of a sudden they get back and they start canoeing out. They look back over. And there's another fire again. So there's actually, so I will tell a story that I pulled um, that's exactly along those lines. So uh, Lake uh, Nipponikik, is that right? Yeah. Also known to see Bigfoot sightings, same area. So it's near the swamp, but it's not. It's still in the what they the supposed triangle. Um, and then small creatures would talk there. But one lady, uh, one night she parked her car and she saw a fire and it was on the other side of the shore. So she took out and she would walk the banks often. And uh, she went ahead and she said, oh, there's a bonfire or something over there. So she went ahead and she walked around and she went up to where the fire was and there was absolutely nothing. When she walked back around the bank again and she came around, um, there's a fire. Like it just, when she was there, there was nothing. When she came back, it was just as exact same she's seen that she pulled up. Um, and there are several stories uh, that's like that, that they would see these. And they kind of combine with the spook lights that they talked as well. Yeah, the ghost lights are super interesting because um, that's like a phenomena that goes, that's 
also multicultural. Like, Been around for a while, but I know it's like a Native the, American belief. Well, and the Irish called it the Will of the Wisp. Like it's it, right. it's multicultural and spans continents. It's like pyramids, you know. Right. Um, but uh, they would also see those a lot before they would find uh, mutilated cattle. And yep. or before they actually saw sightings. So there's people that say they saw the spook lights. Um, one guy, actually several guys, but they were talking about they would follow old railway tracks. Like they were in that area that were abandoned and they'd follow them around. And they would kind of, once they caught up to them, then they would see a sighting of what they thought was a Bigfoot or what they thought was a smaller creature of a Bigfoot um, right after seeing that. And yeah. so there was kind of a tie in between are these things bringing these things you know, mm -hmm. together. And, and so. people that have witnessed these say they seem sentient. and Like they can think. Yeah, like yeah, they know what they're doing. Weird. It's not just a random glob of light floating around in the yeah. sky. Like it has purpose and it has meaning and it knows where and what it's doing, which uh, I know we've brought up Skinwalker Ranch a couple times already, but same thing goes for that. They're balls of light going and... And when they Listen. approach a balls of light, they go backwards. They go away. They move away from them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, same yeah. thing. Well, and I remember when I was a kid, I heard a story, I think it was Pennsylvania, where you could park, and it was kind of like a, a dating spot. You would park, and it was like make like out. A lover's lane. Point, lover's yeah, lane. type thing. And you could look up on the mountaintop, and there were colored lights. So they would dance together. And the legend was they were two Native American lovers from other tribes that got killed because they were from other tribes, and that's where they are. You could hike up there, and you could never see them. But when you hike back down, you would see these lights dancing around. And I remember seeing a video about it, too, and I just – it was just – it was odd. You know, colors that you never would think would be just kind of dance around the moonlight, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I have anyway. a, a bunch of friends that grew up in, like, York and Lancaster, and, uh, like, they would just – randomly take pictures all the time like if they were just out at night like in the mm. town and stuff and they would get orbs in them all the time that's crazy that's side note well but there's anyway. a difference between herbs and lint floating around in a camera oh my god there's a spirit yeah shut up it's lint to guy. season food and oh orbs lint no. <laughs> <laughs> i might say orbs yeah no i mean it was like uh not like or not not herbs from uh lint floating in front of the camera but like actual like more the paranormal thing than right, the, right. like, artifact. Anyway, like that has an, nothing to do with An actual this. ball of light. Yeah. Would be just nice something you're see. picking up in your camera. Yeah. Yeah. That would be one of my favorite stories that I came across that was in uh, that movie we watched. It's a man by the name of William Russo was walking his dog around the neighborhood in which he lived during the 80s when for some reason he decided to take a route that was out of his ordinary path that he usually traveled uh, as the dog and his master walked along the big electrical lines, which Russo referred to as the big T's, they came to an old water wheel where a streetlight had turned on. And the dog began shaking and acting strange, according to Russo, as they continued on their walk. Russo then said he heard a high-pitched squeaking that almost sounded like some form of language. He was stopped in his tracks when he noticed a three- to four-foot bipedal creature with a pot belly, totally covered in hair, with large eyes, and a face similar to a chipmunk beckoning him. Russo said the strange creature was saying Iwan Chu and Mir over and over. Russo, naturally shaken up by what he was witnessing, took his dog and ran as fast as he could back to the safety of his own home, which uh, naturally. 
<laughs> I think, you know what? That thing would have smelt me the whole way because yeah. I would have shit my pants uh, right there. Yeah, so as he sat at home and reflected on what he and his dog had seen, he realized something. He realized the creature wasn't talking in some foreign or mystic language, but he was actually trying to speak English. And it dawned on him that the creature was beckoning him. It seemed, He said that it seemed like the creature was kind of like trying to get yeah. him to go with him. It wanted him in its space. Yeah. And it, yeah, and like it wouldn't move, right? Like it stayed where it was at. It was trying to get... Yeah. yeah, there's other stories like it's, that too. It's like when you're out walking around and you see like a random dog or cat and you try and call it to you. <laughs> is the impression yeah, I got when he right, was describing right. it. It was like, come here, come here. And but he, he was like, mm. Yeah, and he kept on saying, Ewan Chu, Ewan Chu. And he was like, he thinks it was saying, We want you. Yeah. We want you. And like, come here, come here. Boy, I don't know. Like, How so, would you react to that? Uh, um, I would freak the fuck out. The way out. he did and run immediately <laughs> home. <laughs> So to the first part. this kind of coincides with uh, some of the other legends of the area too. So uh, it it sounds kind of like a Pudgewucky, which is like kind of mm. the Native American version of the uh, of like little people of like Fey mm. folk. Yeah, um, I think it's Puckwudgy. Yeah, yeah, dyslexia. <laughs> um, it strikes again. Yeah, but uh, so these Puckwudgies will. They're mischievous as all fuck. They'll fucking try and lure you in. Like, they'll either help you find your way home or they'll lure you to the edge of a cliff or, like, they're known for setting fires. Um, kind of like gremlins in a kind way. Kind of like, yeah, a lot like that. Yeah. Um, and they'll, they also uh, can, are sometimes thought to be able to turn into, like, the ghost lights. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And the ghost lights sometimes do the same thing. Like they'll either lead you home or get you way more lost. Yeah. And the puck wedgies can appear and disappear at will, which kind of is like those lights just immediately turn into something well, like that. Yeah. And there's a lot of, uh, like in West Virginia, there's a lot of reports of something similar to that. I, that's not what they call them, but they're that, like the green little children well, that, that come out of the mountains. Reminds me also um, of uh, he said he heard a rattling noise. And uh, where was it? Where they they the Hopkinsville uh, encounter? Kelly Hopkins Hopkinsville, West Virginia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. West Virginia. Where yeah. they said when they <clears throat> started shooting at the goblins, things that were attacking them, which kind of also fit this description, uh, that they uh, also rattled like a can full of like screws or something. I can't. Well, remember exactly and that's um, said, but that's like, actually a little bit off hellier. Yeah, like they covered a lot of that in Hellier, mm-hmm. which for those of you who know six part series on YouTube, not too bad. Season two's November twenty ninth. Yeah. I think uh, is it the Newkirks, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Greg and Dana Newkirk. Yeah, along pretty with good. Carl Pfeiffer and some other people. Right. Yeah. So not to really advertise other people, but yeah, you know, yeah, I yeah, like nothing it. Nothing wrong with that. No, that yeah. was awesome. I think yeah. they're cool. So yeah. I mean, Hell also yeah. if you want to give Jeff Bezos your money, you can uh, check out this documentary. It's on Amazon Prime. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There's that. Um, there's something else that I want to cover too. And I guess my question for you, because I never really, I haven't heard of it. Evidently it's a mineral of some sort that grows in that area. But, um, so here's a story. So four of the locations associated with natives are known to have paranormal sightings. In 1928, a professor by the name of Edwin Dullabar led an archeological, uh, team to Grassy Island, which is at one of the points of what the what the whole uh, Bridgewater Triangle is. They discovered graves, which they opened, only to find that they had red ochre inside the coffins Mm -hmm. that would literally just boil and just disappear. Yeah. um, In front of their eyes, and it would just go. 
it would vanish. Yeah, just inexplicably, inexplicably dissolved. Yeah, what for no say. reason. Now, obviously, you know, maybe because you open up a grave, it gets to air. But then again, I can't imagine these graves were airtight, right? I mean, I mean, I it I, never, I never really I found out that. like what they. I would assume they're in boxes or what have you. Um, also, it said that the photos that were taken during that trip, um, none of them were able to be developed. Uh, so there was no record of, it was just all a journal of them doing the trip, doing the excursion, coming back and having nothing really to show for it because there's no visual. Yeah. So, you know, there's that, which was kind of weird. And yeah. And right by uh, Grassy Island is the Dighton Rock, which I feel like we're kind of speeding through these things, but yeah. there's so much phenomena that happens blows my mind. in this area that there's no way to kind of cram it all in without having <laughs> yeah. a f- four-hour Astonishing I mean, Legends still length. have clips to play. And- <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Dighton Rock is really cool. It's a 40-ton trapezoid-shaped boulder with ancient carvings and hieroglyphics that have baffled archaeologists since its discovery. Uh, the carvings on the rock have been given credit to the Native Americans, Vikings, the Phoenicians, or even the Portuguese, but no one really knows for sure. It's located on the bank of the Taunton River, 30 miles from the sea, directly across from the Grassy Island Native Burial Ground. Yeah, which is very close. And they, they're they so, unless you guys know an updated version of this, they said it's thought to be dated all the way back to 1511 hmm. for some of the, but again, you can't tell like what's on there or not. It seems like a hodgepodge of faces or. Yeah, dating carvings and rocks is. Yeah, know, I could imagine, especially rocks, science. especially ones in when the I fucking think- water. I think some people think it's from prehistoric Native Americans as well. Yeah, it uh, it kind of reminds me of the stone that they found in um, in Minnesota that had all the like Norse runes carved in it. Oh, I remember that. Well, wasn't that proved to be a fraud though? Mm, or are they still depends the on who it? you ask? Yeah, true. Mr. Rogers. Everything in life. Yeah, basically. <laughs> well, um, uh, there was a show on History Channel like called America unearthed or something with Scott Walter. Oh, I remember that. And show. he was like obsessed with that thing. Um, yeah. I've never even heard of that. His son played for the jazz for like a, a hot second. Of course you would know that. That's yeah. funny. <laughs> Big old jazz fan. Well, speaking of rocks. Right yeah. Why did they not do good? They just, last uh, game? they just upset me yesterday, but that's fine. Let's continue. <laughs> Pause. Pause for a break. <laughs> the jazz is upsetting. I mean, now's as good a time as any. <laughs> I'm sure. Actually, you know, we probably can take a quick pause roll and that, do a promo. Roll that beautiful Gareth footage. <laughs> we'll go forth. Here you go. Stand by. Follow Strange Uncles down the rabbit hole of the wild and bizarre as they uncover history that shouldn't be talked about, topics that don't fit into the norm, and conspiracies that sometimes run amok. Find our website at mystrangeuncles.com. Follow us on Twitter or Instagram at Strange Uncles, or check out our YouTube channel, Strange Uncles Podcast, where we're adding new content every week. Open the gates. All right, so I think mainly um, we've been rattling this off because we're like schoolgirls, evidently, because <laughs> there's a lot of shit going on here. Yeah. Just kids in a candy shop. Yeah, I mean, it's got everything. Everything. 
It really does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a potpourri. Um, Josh, you had some things you're going to get into. We're going to touch bases on UFO things, correct? Yeah, uh, there were just a couple of sightings that uh, were more interesting than the Undertakers in 1908 that we kind of wanted to talk about. <laughs> um, so Friday, uh, October 19th, 2006, um, at a home on Long Pond in, Brid- in the Bridgewater Triangle, uh, the morning news had warned of a powerful storm front to come in that evening. Around 5.30 p.m., heavy storm winds hit the area with gusts of up to 50 miles an hour, and by 6 p.m., the entire neighborhood had lost power. Uh, two kids, well, kids, teenage boys, were jamming. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Rock, Rock and roll, roll bitches. <laughs> Rock and roll! Rock and roll! <laughs> Uh, when the power went out, so they decided to venture out to see what kind of damage the storm had done, as you do, you know. Uh, I guess it had calmed down, but the but the power was still out. Um, there were no street lights on, and it was dark and windy. Uh, they could see lights in houses across the pond flickering on and off, um, so overall very eerie. Uh, around 7 p.m., the boys saw a bright light in the street coming towards them. So they'd seen several cars and trucks coming by. Um, so they were just kind of like, oh, that's weird. This one seems a little different. Um, so, uh, they felt an extreme feeling of dread as it approached. Uh, it was about 200 feet away when they decided to run. They bolted back, uh, or they bolted for the beach of the pond, which was heavily wooded and they felt they could like duck behind some trees and hide. The craft followed them and they hid and watched in terror as the lights moved back and forth, uh, thoroughly and silently searching the area. So like... Basically, if you've ever tried to hide from the cops and they've got a spotlight and they're like just been, shining been there, done pretty that. much everywhere that you're yeah. like, oh, God, can they see me? <laughs> they can't see me. So uh, they're, they were ducked behind some, some trees and stuff and the light just kept going back and forth like it was looking for them. Wow. Um, it's like World of Worlds bullshit. Yeah, yeah totally. a lot. Jesus. Uh, so after it finally disappeared down the road, uh, they backtracked to where it had been, hoping to figure out what it was. Uh, they were talking about what they had experienced when a bright light appeared over them. Um, Got you now. Yeah. So they <laughs> took you off. You yipper snappers. <laughs> they took off running, um, but eventually decided that they were going to face it together, which, uh, fuck that. Um, and they returned to the beach to watch the lights in the sky. Uh, the lights disappeared not long after, and the boys hadn't seen anything for about a half hour. And then all of a sudden all these black helicopters and jets just started flying by. Okay. So I was just going to say, you know, play devil's advocate. These are teenage boys. They have an imagination, but if there's helicopters following after, then that kind of adds a little fucking cupcake to the top of the story. And from all the stuff that I saw, that's actually a pretty common occurrence. Like there will be sightings. It will be immediately followed by black helicopters, sometimes jets. Yeah. No, and actually that's, yeah, very, very common for that most part. Uh, wow. There's another story. So, And actually, John has a write-up on this one. Um, there's re- local reporters that actually, mm-hmm. and, and you're talking reporters. That's what got me about this story. Yeah, newsmen, guys yeah. that were working for the local station. And th- so, like we said, there, there's been UFO sightings throughout the ages, all the way to 1700 and possibly before um there was a big flap in the 1970s though uh a bunch of stuff that there little there were two huge ufos that were seen landing near route 44 in taunton in december of 76 
1979, two newsmen reported seeing a large UFO shaped like the home plate in a baseball diamond. They followed the UFO to the Raynham dog track where they witnessed it hover for roughly a minute or so, and then it just took off, quote unquote. They said they were close enough to the craft that they could have hit it with a rock. And multiple witnesses came forward from all over the Massachusetts saying they saw the same home plate shaped craft flying overhead. A man named Derek Holt claims he has multiple videos of his UF sightings as well right around this time. And apparently this thing looked like a home plate with the head being the triangular part with like a little light at the very bottom. Mm-hmm. And this thing just could take off at will. It could hover. And, Wasn't it huge as fuck? And I, I, apparently it was yeah, gigantic. Like, like it covered up all fucking half the stars in the sky. Like when it, it flew was over. like the size of like this. I'm throwing a number out there because I don't remember exactly, but it was something like nine seven forty sevens or something like that. It was like nine hundred feet. Was what they guess? Yeah, I can't something remember, like but it was. They said it was definitely <laughs> huge. Well, not only that, but, um, you know, number one, 79 was a huge year for UFOs there because there's a bunch of people that saw other things that were similar. Um, There was a guy, and I don't know if we mistake to mention him because he actually has a, uh, he founded a team called the Bridgewater Triangle Expedition Team. His name is Joseph DeAndrade. Uh, He's the one that described seeing a UFO. He described it, and this was years before and a little bit after 79. Exact same thing. Looks like a home plate. Looks like an arrow. This is what I saw in the sky. Same area. You know, so it's just not these reporters. But again, being that they're reporters, that's kind of, yeah. Adds a little more credibility. More than the than weather. Right. A couple teenagers possibly. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And I mean, multiple people have seen this type of aircraft. I mean, they're newsmen. See, they have press cards <laughs> stuck in the brims of their hats. And you got to I mean, you got to trust them if they're newsmen. But just the fact that there's been other multiple sightings of the same craft. I mean, who knows though? Maybe it's a secret government aircraft oh, flying around Massachusetts. Yeah, it was kind of I didn't see anything about uh any air force or military bases around there, but I didn't really look that hard and also it's New England, so like the states are pretty small. I was so. going to say it's the East Coast, everything's yeah. crammed in there. There's Yeah, and if they you see them there, you're going to see them at adjacent states. I mean, it's not like especially something yeah, that because big. because the states you're are going to have multiple so encounters, right? Exactly. Like you can drive from uh D.C. to Philadelphia in like two and a half hours. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, actually, I, mean, I did that. Philly yeah. to New York City is 90 miles, I think. Yeah, it's like three yeah, hours like, or some shit like no, that. It's like an hour and a half. Yeah. Oh, is it that close? Oh, okay. If it's three hours, it's just because you're in traffic. Well, yeah, maybe, maybe three, maybe three hours with traffic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 90 miles in Southern California is going to take you three days. But Don't even tell me. We went to L.A. never fucking again. <laughs> just saying. Uh, I also saw a lot of... Uh, sightings of uh, triangular craft, which I thought you might yeah. like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the triangle is my favorite shape of a craft. Yeah, is like, it really? Like, if you had to play like if in I days, had, if, preschool and pick a shape, if if I had to choose, if I had to choose what kind of UFO I would like to see, I think I'd choose the black triangle with the three dots on the yep. end and the thing in the middle. I, I think it's. I don't uh, know why, but it just seems like the most mysterious cool on i don't know yeah, i think no. it's interesting because no, it could it. be aliens could also very easily be us us yeah yeah it's and like a, also what, reminds 64? me of star destroyers so uh there's that what's that 
a Star Destroyer from Star Wars. Oh, okay. No, I'm not a Star Wars guy. Obviously. Yeah, well, because I don't know what that I'm is. I'm fucking offended. <laughs> Sorry, dude. Now, if you were said, oh, it looks like the Enterprise, but that's more round. Maybe a round alien spaceship guy. I mean, I flying, know. just your typical flying saucer. Right. Yeah. Old school. I mean, I'm not greedy. Flying I'll, toilet. I'll, I'll take anything. I'll take anything. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know what? I'm going to mention one quick thing, and then we're going to shift gears a little bit, and we're going to discuss, because, yeah, we feel like we've been just rattling these things off, and and there's a reason for it, because it, it just it, it blows my mind. Um, back to rocks. You talked about Dighton Rock, mm-hmm. which we covered with the uh, hieroglyphics and, and the... Well, and the numbers and everything on the side of it, you know, where it came from, could have been anybody. Um, there's another rock called Profile Rock, uh, which literally looks like a man's face from the side. So uh, there was another one called uh, Anawan, right? Yeah. Anawan Rock uh, said to be native spirits, they haunt it. This is right where the last natives surrendered to the colonists. So when we go back in the King Philip's War and we talk about that, towards the end of it, there was very, very few, and they were pretty. They were straggling for the most part. Um, he surrendered there. He got killed there. Um, and in that place, they have sounds of native speak, which people hear at night. Uh, they have phantom fires, but there's no heat. There's no smell. They just see them. Goes back to what we talked about with the fires on the shore. Mm-hmm. Yep, and the Hockamock. Um, yep, exactly. Cold spots also felt during summer. Apparitions of native ghosts. Uh, interesting. 2012, uh, Luann Jolly. Uh, she put an audiobook called Dead Whispers, which I have not had. I might order that because I'm kind of curious, to be honest with you. We didn't have a chance to pull EVP, EVP recordings, but this we heard them on the documentary and some other things that we did to research this uh, this episode. And I, plain as day, it yeah, it's pretty. It's there. It's pretty you know, for the most part. Um, she's seen many spirits, voices, intimate com- connections. And a lot around that rock, a lot around Profile and Anawan and and other things. Uh, there's some noted things, and then I just kind of want to get a wrap-up from you guys before we go into, like, stage two, I guess. Um, wampum Belt. Yeah. Um, Native Americans, and I think people in general, say the forest won't return to normal until the Wampum Belt is returned. Benjamin Church is said to have stolen it after promising peace to Anawan's people. Yeah, and yeah. So, and so evidently it's not returned. Um, we have other ghostly things like the red bearded hitchhiker that they see, the mad trucker. Yeah, there's that the red headed hitchhiker, mad trucker. So red headed hitchhiker is near Rehoboth on Route 44. Um, he's appeared in cars, manipulated radios. Um, that definitely seems, you know, like a more of an urban legend than paranormal or anything like that you you can honk three times and flash your lights and he will appear if you have three people he will show up as the fourth person in the car uh yeah basically you know you're driving if you see this red-headed hitchhiker guy he may like step in front of you or he he'll just appear in in your car and then there's the mad trucker as well that will basically just try and run you off the road and you get ran off the road, and nothing passes you. Right, right. But, I think the mad trucker might have moved to Salt Lake. <laughs> get fucking every goddamn driver behind their wheel is a mad trucker. I'm a mad trucker. So, <laughs> shut up, dude. So, here's my thing. With all this stuff that we laid so far, that we laid down, 
Um, I'm going to, I will venture to say that, yeah, there's some weird shit going on here. I firmly believe that there's paradoxes going on different parts of the world and maybe this is one now the problem is with everything mixed and matched and all this potpourri of crap that's going on um what's real and what's not you know what i mean i mean where do you guys lie on this so far um i definitely think it's some type of window area and there's definitely some type of phenomenon happening and especially like man especially since it's just a smorgasbord of everything you can possibly imagine it's not just cryptids it's not just ufos it's ghosts it's, i mean just the rich history on it yeah i, I feel mean, like there's like a lot of energy going on we have we're i'm assuming about to but we haven't really even got that much into like the dark human stuff that goes on there minus right, the, minus yeah, the old to. minus the old history of the yeah. wars and everything well that's the thing and actually yeah let me wrap that up and then we're gonna get into another segment real quick um which oh. is interesting. And oh. actually to that EVP that you were talking about, Shane. Yeah. I think her name is the singing woman of Palmer river. So if I think if anybody wanted to YouTube mm. that, that might show up on the EVP. Uh, and she's reported to just be floating around that cemetery. Good call. She hangs herself. above her tombstone. I think, or that she hangs above the graveyard as, and you could, you could hear mm -hmm. yeah. there are some other things on the EVP, which again, damn it. We didn't capture. Um, one literally is they're doing an investigation and you can hear a gunshot. They don't hear the gunshot, but you can hear the gunshot. Yeah. They were in some house and yeah, you can hear that clear as day. Yeah. Yeah. I, and it's just, I actually made the hairs on back of my head stand up. Yeah. Cause that's, that's my forte. So, um, here's one really quick, and then we're going to get into what Josh said of some of, uh, human interaction. Human knew that they, I don't know. I think this might feed back when you talk about the wars, you know, maybe that's why the war happened because they already kind of fueled by something that might've already been there. Yeah. I mean, uh, you I, know, I think in that documentary, uh, which, you know, in a, flash of creativity was titled the Bridgewater Triangle um, <laughs> they said someone said something to the effect of uh, was it the war of King Philip that started all of this or was that a symptom of this that's already been there right um, right and that's where we're going to loop right back but, around to square one I think on yeah that there is bit. also some human darkness that goes on very much so in the triangle I almost very just feel so. like it's just been an energy as old as time that's there somehow the it's well, time but who knows oh wow look at you lighten up the mood of the whole podcast that's <laughs> awesome sir that's great i like that so here's a neat little story that uh i find funny especially because it's an old town um settled in 1636 uh rio both uh is one of the oldest towns in the in the whole country Tons and tons of ghosts report in this town. More cemeteries because of when it was founded. Obviously, 1636. Been a while. So, um, there is a story of a woman who floats around the cemetery, which, John, you talked about a little bit. Palmer's River House is what that is. Uh, soldiers are seen walking, just rubbing tombstones and looking kind of lost for the most part. Perverts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Judge yourself, sir. Uh, EVP recording of a woman singing La La La. We talked about that. Uh, there actually is another one. So this town is claimed to be the birthplace of education in the country. At one time, it had 13 schoolhouses. Uh, one, built in 1840, is now a museum. 
A school teacher went to tour it and it was closed. But when the shutter was left open, she approached a window, looked into it, and she saw a scrum arm that was actually teaching children in the like a classroom type setup. Um, she went back around, tried the door. Uh, it was locked. She couldn't figure out what was going on. And when she went back to the window, the school marm looked right at her and the school teacher along with the children just disappeared in front of her eyes. So that's when you get into a little bit of that I thought was kind of weird. And then you talk about the other things, Mad Trucker, da-da-da. We are going to kind of – we're going to play a couple clips and get into – I guess the human error of things a little bit more modern day, mm -hmm. if you guys are ready. Yeah, let's do it. All right. A lot of criminal cult activity happened in the Freetown State Forest. We had evidence that a ritual was taking place in the state forest. Then there was a huge amount of calves with the absence of blood. This mausoleum was broken into and juveniles actually stole the head out of here. They believed that they could gain power by drinking from the skull. Legends and stories about the Bridgewater Triangle will never stop. Nobody can argue that there isn't something very special about this area. Something real happened here. There's no other way. So devil cults happened in the 80s. And everybody remembers, well, you know, maybe not everybody, if you're a millennial, maybe you don't remember, um, the satanic panic in the big 1980s. Yeah, it was huge. Yeah, that was going on big time. Um, so this started, this is a story actually, and there's something else we're going to go uh, with what happened. Actually, John found, which I, I, I thought was crazy, and we'll play that too. Um, in Freetown, there are cults in the forest, which again is part of Bridgewater, uh, mainly due to the negative atmosphere. They say, 70s and 90s, there were tons of these. Mutilations, slaughtered animals, etc., which, you know, we talked a little bit about cattle mutilations for UFOs, for example. Um, this was all in the same time frame. They had a, a high uh, happening in 1979 for UFOs, but this is also when it kind of really borderline with the satanic thing. So it yeah. could have went this way, could have went this way. So the interesting thing about the cattle mutilations in the triangle is um, a lot of times right before they'll find the carcasses, they see the ghost lights and they kind of lead them to them. <clears throat> right. And uh, a lot of them kind of fit the profile of like your standard cattle mutilation, like surgical cuts, no blood anywhere, you know, all that, all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, some of them not so much. Some and they a lot of them were attributed to uh, suspicious and mysterious organizations that may or may not have. I'm air quoting the fuck out of this. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say it's a podcast in the earmarks in yeah. the forest. Yeah, and I think there. that was a whole same. Well, there's a big time when we couldn't decipher the two. But again, I'll reference Skinwalker. Um, a lot of the catamutilations in that was mid '90s, late '90s when that occurred. So. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, I think something to say about it. I think there was just a lot of different types of animal sacrifices too, and yeah, in that in that uh, Freetown State Forest area. I think in that just area, with yeah, for sure. People being jackasses and trying to be something they're not, or something. Yeah. I just, I, never I mean, got that. I, which I usually think a lot of it is satanic panic, and it has nothing to do with that. But it seems like a lot of some of the evidence actually does kind of point to some types of cultish satanic yeah p 
people hanging out there trying to do some weird, you know, animal sacrifices and yeah, stuff like that. I think there are probably a bunch of people that are out there, like, not knowing what the fuck they're doing, thinking they're being cool mm-hmm. and, like, scary and dark and fucking grabbing someone's cat and yeah. fucking doing shitty things to it. Dude, but. I'll be honest with you. Dude, when I was, like, 15, 16, 17, I wandered around the graveyard. And, the, I mean, we had, oh, just, yeah. you know. I mean, who I does a graveyard? You know, oh, yeah. But, yeah. There's nothing. I'm sorry, were you boring you, John? Are you okay no, over sorry. there? I'm sorry. <laughs> so anyway, well, let's get into this, and then we have another clip we want to play real quick. Um, 1979, the town of Fall River, uh, which was already famous for being the home of Lizzie Borden, for those of you who may know who that is, uh, which you might remember she chopped up her family. And again, we're going to have something on that. Um, this also was one of the biggest cases in Massachusetts history, aside from Lizzie Borden. The remains of Doreen Levesque, uh, a trollop amongst town were found behind the stadium bleachers. Yeah. So you're talking, uh, okay. I think I know where you're going with this. Yeah. So yeah, I'm getting there. Um, found behind the stadium bleachers at a local high school. Her hands were tied behind her back and her skull were crushed. Uh, signs were found that said her soul was an offering to Satan. Another later was found, Barbara Raposa, uh, with the same thing, skull crushed, hands tied. It was found that members of a local prostitution ring were involved in a satanic cult. The local detectives went undercover and found that 17-year-old prostitute Robin Murphy and 25-year-old Carl Drew, was, uh, who was a pimp, actually were leading the people in the satanic cult. 17 people were convicted for murders. I'm sure this doesn't help the vibe of the Bridgewater Triangle. Which, yeah, so yeah. Um, there was a girl named Karen Marsden that went to the cops and said that she was in fear for her life from and she uh, was part Carl of the ring, Drew right? And Robin Murphy, um, she she was the one that told them like, oh hey, there's a weird cult that I'm mixed up with that uh, is doing this, and I think I'm next. Um, and then she fucking disappeared, and yeah. they found like bones and hair and shit from her like six months later. Yeah. Um, Ugh, so scary. But uh, so they ended up convicting Carl Drew and uh, Robin Murphy for uh, for like, I think for Karen Marsden's death. I should read my notes. Yeah, no, he was no, arrested actually, for, yeah, no, you're Carol, correct. for Karen Marsden's yeah. death. Um, but uh, so the undercover cops that went in and, and saw what they were doing, like did a test that they were, you know, drinking blood and doing all that stuff, <laughs> all of their occult things. Um, <laughs> Whatever cultists do. <laughs> but it's uh, it was also believed that the cult was actually quite large and uh, continued operating and still might be doing their thing today. And it was actually, yeah, and it still could, it is pretty good size for the most part. Um, and, you know, there's actually copycats too that, came on that and i think we have talked about serial killer real quick but we're going to play a clip um, of somebody else that uh, john found that was kind of when we talk about i found it weird that not only you have a satanic cult going on but it happened in the town of lizzie borden and it there's just too many weird i guess coincidences mm-hmm. well and then you have a you know a serial killer that somehow i've never even heard of that yeah uh, way more brutal than lizzie borden right this, uh, right. Yeah. And this is all happening within this Bridgewater Triangle area. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so here we go on that one. So, um, hey, smiles, guys. 
things have happened, the most famous among them being the case of Lizzie Borden in 1892. You all know the rhyme, don't you? Lizzie Borden took an axe and gave her mother 40 wax. When she realized what she'd done, she gave her father 41. In reality, it took a lot less than 40 to kill Mr. and Mrs. Borden, but they still suffered at least 10 axe wounds apiece. And speaking of female killers channeling the dark impulse of the Bridgewater Territory, have you heard about the case of Miss Jane Taupin? She was active before, during, and after the Borden House killings and moved in and out of the Triangle for a number of years, murdering all manner of people while working as a nurse, usually by means of poison, often experimenting with different drugs and dosages. By the time she was caught, Taupin had 12 confirmed victims and claimed to have murdered 31. She expressed that her life's ambition was to have killed more people, helpless people, than any other man or woman who ever lived. Jesus Christ. Uh, That's your life dream ambition, big. huh? Uh, dream big. I mean, dream big, yeah. I, guess I, bet you, I, bet, I, wonder, I bet she was bummed that she only got up to 12. It's like, no, I got I got 31. You know what that reminds me of? Frighteners. You ever seen that with Michael J. Fox? I love that movie. Uh, I fucking have it's, it's been a minute since I've seen it in a really long time, it. but I really did like it. It reminds me of Saving Silverman when they go to talk to the coach that's played by Arlie Ermey, R.I.P. <laughs> and he's like, what do we always say? And they're like, if you can dream it, you can do it. <laughs> so yeah, dream big. I killed 12, murdered 13 with the fucking things on there. Oh, it's crazy. Um... Well, Jane, Jane Toppin. I'm, why is she not as famous as right. Lizzie Borden? Thank yeah. you. I mean, all Lizzie Borden did was chop up her parents, right? Yeah, maybe not as gruesome. Well, that's all she did. Big whoop. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, what? who hasn't? Eat spaghetti dinner, chop to. up your parents. Who doesn't do that? Yeah. There's I mean, that. This, you got this lady, her life ambition is to kill more people than any man or woman. Yeah, and preferably mm. defenseless people. Yeah. Yeah. Har yeah, harmless people. Yeah. That sent me aback. I'll be honest with it's you. Crazy. That's a little weird, you know. So this is where we're at now with the history of this area. Well, where yeah. You, I mean, <laughs> Jesus speaking of serial Christ. killers, uh, there's also the new New Bedford Highway Killer. Um, so this was in '88 to '89 uh, was when uh, this killer was active. Um, so he was dubbed the New Bedford Highway Killer. Uh, there are 11 victims attributed to him. Uh, the victims were all believed to have disappeared while on Route 140, and all of their remains were found in the same general area. Uh, victims were female, with some of them being sex workers, uh, like the the first and the last one were. Right, right. Um, who were known to use hard drugs. Like, not that that matters, because drugs rule. Um <laughs> So six of the 11 victims actually knew each other. Um, and there were a ton of suspects, but no one was ever charged or convicted or anything. Ever? No. They Jesus still don't. Christ. Yeah. No one's ever been convicted, huh? No. And what was that route? Uh, 140. All right. People stay off of route 140. Yep. Yeah. Flag that one. Yeah. I'm not going to drive that way. At least don't hitchhike on that one. Yeah. My, like it. The thing that's really strange to me is six of the 11 victims actually knew each other. Which is, see, Six how does that 11, happen? Huh? Yeah, that's that's a pretty I good ratio. Someone, that's someone that is, is knows that. Yeah, right. All right, eleven exactly. And if they don't get you, to me, better, I mean, it seems like they all have a common like, denominator. I right? want to wipe out these six people and and make it not super traceable back to me. So I'm going to kill like another five people that have nothing to do with it. Or maybe to try. He and knows all eleven the crime, you know, and it just happens that these five other people aren't necessarily involved with them, but they're all connected to him. 
Yeah. It's right. very possible. Yeah. No, it could be. Yeah, God. Jesus Christ. Seems like you How take do people six people think? and it's like, all right, here's these six people. Who knows every single one of these people? Yeah, it, most of them had children too. It's like Oh that's shitty. Shitty. Yeah. Oh, god damn it. Well So, you know, there's that. Okay, well I guess as I take a sigh. <laughs> what so this is a Bridgewater triangle. Um I want to throw one more thing out there that really it's part of this, but it's an offshoot unless you guys, everything else directly well, involved in Bridgewater. Well, are we not even going to talk about the crazy underground bunkers? I, uh, okay. Found yes. Wait. I, yeah. Freetown State I, Forest. Yeah. I didn't hear anything about these. Yes. Yeah, so no, this a, is after the satanic thing. There was an underground yeah. bunker found. There were like dolls heads with the, uh, hunters with their heads cut off. And it was just like secretly in this little area. Like you couldn't even really tell until you got up it. And then you're like, oh my God, I think that's. And then they go in. Yeah. And there was like a tiny chair for a child equipped with bindings. Uh, it supposedly was linked to the Fall River cult. No human remains have been found in the area of the triangle that were linked to the satanic cults. Yeah. But though. this is weird, though. Dude. Wasn't that, and correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't that when. Um, Somebody was hunting with his dad. Was it, they found it. They knew it was there. But then when we went back years ago or 10 years ago, it was all collapsed in. You can't really tell what it is. Yeah, so, 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 so as the years have gone by, it's. I, th- it I, think, people, I think people tried to tear it down and everything. Okay, right, right. so Bunker is in like somebody just like dug it out and propped mm-hmm. it up. Not right. like a, when you said Bunker, I was thinking like underground bases. Not a concrete Nazi. No, like, no. no. Because that would add a whole other layer to this. Some way. psycho that found a good hiding area in the middle of Freetown State Forest and was like, you know, I'm going to build my little weird freaky thing down here. No one can really find it. Yeah, if you see this thing, it's literally like, trees and logs with canvas and pine needles and that's kind of what it's just a dugout thing but it's still weird because yeah. it happened the same time as the whole satanic panic everything after after the court hearing after everything mm. else it was there and there was also a weird shed that was found in that area as well that had a bunch of weird stuff in it and just not a place you want to be really i'm gonna go out in the woods and build a weird little bunker and put weird creepy shit in it just, just for, to fuck with just people. For fun. Dude, you haven't done that already? Like tiny, I've got like three already built. Tiny, tiny chairs and barbed wire. No, like Antifa <laughs> stickers. And, right. And Barbies on top of like Hulk bodies. Really yeah, fuck with that's what you do. Ah, oh, Jesus. That'd be amazing. I, you know what? I'm There's a bunch it. of BLM out. BLM land out here. Let's next summer just go and build the dumbest thing ever. I, and yeah, see who says what? Freak do people that. Out. Dude, with our luck, we it'll could, be it'll turn into a fucking festival. It'll turn into like Burning Man festival well, for no, no fucking reason. Not with our luck, because we'd be able to make money off of it. If it did <laughs> yeah, that's not with, that sounds amazing. <laughs> so true. So true. Um, I'm kind of getting a dadder, I'll be honest with you, because that really, this is where, so we talk about the human error is in play. This is where it came from now. Now, there's still reports of UFOs. There's still reports of creatures that they see. Um, caught blips and blurbs on the internet. You know, again, we use references from um, a few websites, the documentary, which was really substantial. That was 2013. There's been many things after that fact that has come out. Uh, and just for some reason, this area is just, you know, it's there. It's just weird. Um, 
I will say there's other ones you talk about, Triangle. So everybody's heard of Bermuda, again, after we covered it in the beginning, uh, Dragon's Triangle. There's one that I really think maybe would be another episode, maybe on a small scale, uh, but it is a Bennington Triangle. The Bennington Triangle actually is located really right next door in Vermont to... Your neighbors. Yeah, they're right there. Um, and they have the same thing. It is based off the bottom of Glastonbury Mountain, and it has the same anomalies. Um, disappearances. Like when you talk about disappearances, 30. Over 30 disappearances huh. from the early 1900s, by the way, um, along with UFO sightings, uh, serial killers, so, spook lights, it, yada, yada, yada. There was... Uh... I heard tell of a rock that ate people. <laughs> um, he was a hungry rock. <laughs> but I, I I was, before we started working on this episode, I thought it was uh, the Bridgewater Triangle, but I think it was in the Bennington Triangle where there was like a mm. legend of like a rock that somebody found a woman like half in and out of and something weird I, I got like a it. mix between yeah. like the philadelphia experiment yeah because it was weird. like that it was like the rock was eating her or some weird shit i gotta huh. i gotta find it anyway um yeah these are what's going on it is was well, my mind what, what the hell is going on though you know i don't know i i mean, just honestly is this just like uh i just want to know what's going on man that's it what if ghosts aren't really even ghosts they're just in a different timeline or a different dimension and they just keep waving back and forth into our thing. What if they don't even realize they're on it? Like what if, what if we Dude. were a ghost at one point? Have you ever seen, you know so, what I mean? Have you ever seen the others with Nicole Kidman? Of course. Oh, that's a good show. That's a really good show. Whoa. Yeah. So yeah. here's the thing. Our next episode that we're going to get into, or not our next, but we at the two or three after we're talking about um, time travel, interdimensional things. I thought that was our next one. That is our next one. Yes. I think news is our next one. Are we doing that no. one after that? We have a whole production schedule, Shane. <laughs> God damn it. Will you just look at the fucking calendar? <laughs> no, right. I spent a lot of time on that. Yeah. Yeah. Anywho. Your mother spent a lot of time making the turkey, Shane. <laughs> when it comes to but that. But it's dry. That's where that's going to come from. I mean, some of that is. I mean, think about it. Give, Maybe give Josh a, a kiss and tell her you're, tell him you're sorry. I should. I should hug him right now. Yeah. Go to your bedroom after this. <laughs> With me. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, it actually, I think that's amazing. You think about that. You think about, we don't know what's going on. We don't see that. We see in a three-dimensional thing that there's got to be more. There has to be more, right? That there, we're missing. There has to be. There's just no way. It, it just can't be this. There's no way life is as black and white as this. No, no, absolutely not. No. So this is where. Because, you know what? Because a lot of people with stories like this, with crazy stories like this, they don't want to have stories like this. They are a very meat and potatoes kind of guy or gal yep. that wants to see the world as black and white. No, I get up, I drink coffee, I go to work, I come home, I watch TV. Which you, we do that every day. On, yeah. But at the same time. There's something here. Yeah. There's they don't, something They here. don't want these stories, and all of a sudden, the phenomenon looks straight at them and goes, well, you're you're getting this story. There's something else. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way that but this what is that made is, up. what that is, I mean, some of it's not made up. A lot of it is made up. 
but some of it, some of it is not. Some and urban legends it, are based in truth. They got to be. Yeah, definitely. You know? And I think this is this area. You know what? I think I want to go here next. This think, is interesting. I think I've got a, I think I've got a trip to the this, Hockamock Swamp next summer. Let us know. Get I think that'd be neat. Frequent flyer miles going. Yeah. So I will tell you honestly, it was a toss up between something like this, like this, because there's other places like this, mm. or like New Orleans, because I love New Orleans for the ghosts and the voodoo and the everything I, else. Going I would on. love New Orleans yeah. for the booze. Well, that too, but <laughs> I'm looking on the other side. So, um, yeah, I think we got some trips planned ahead of time, mm. along with Skinwalker wrapped up in there too. By the way, we're still working on that. Um, talking to people that. Um, that are kind of actively involved in that area because that's, again, that's right in our backyard. Um, the, we love this kind of stuff. And this here is a really good story of just everything. Mm-hmm. It's everything. It's amazing. Yeah. I've never, I kind of always heard about it, but I think I say this every time we <laughs> talk, talk about, about something. something. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I heard about it. I never really <laughs> right, looked right. into it. And now I looked into it. And, oh yeah. my God. And that's why hey. we're doing it. With that being said, do you have anything on your side, man? I don't, but there's got to be something more to the world. There's got to be. Josh, you have anything on your side? Uh, I'm on your side. Thank you. I have John on my side. Um, Also, uh, YouTube documentaries are hilarious and awesome. Um, I recommend watching a lot of them. Just be careful because you might get red. <laughs> you fall out of the rabbit hole on some of them. So I will say follow us, uh, write us, strangeickles at gmail.com. Call us, 801 252 6945. Let us tasteful. know. And, Very uh, tasteful. <laughs> yeah, I'm really sure, Julie. Um, and yeah, we just love to hear your stories. Thank you for those of you who have written in and or called in because we are saving them. We do have them. So we're not ignoring you. And uh, yeah, this is a great topic. We'll continue on. We're a few out, and happy Turkey Day. Don't forget to hit us up on Instagram and Facebook at Strange Uncles Podcast and Twitter at Strange Uncles. Yep. Uh, You can slide into the DMs on uh, Instagram or Twitter, but Facebook, good luck. Um, And, yeah, uh, we'll try and post more. It's the crazy time of year work-wise for me so mm. things are tapering well, off holidays bit, for everybody it is what it is happy holidays hope you guys see some kind of a gremlin that'd be awesome yeah so close gets <laughs>